You are listening to the audio preaching podcast from North Valley Baptist Church in Santa Clara, California, led by Pastor Jack Treber. Though located in the heart of the Silicon Valley, you will hear fervent, old-fashioned revival preaching from the pulpit of North Valley Baptist Church. It is our desire that you will be helped by this gospel message. I am a firm believer today of the New Testament local church. I believe in the church. I grew up 15 minutes from here, 20 minutes from here, saved 20 minutes from here, in a little church building. That night, 1956, there was no electricity in our building. We had lanterns glowing. I stood next to my dad. Oh, my dad was the greatest man in my life. My sweet mother loved him so much. When they were alive, they used to sit right here where you folks are sitting, right? Penny raised her hand right there, about two rows behind her is where she'd sit where you folks are sitting today. And I miss them so much. I, I'd sit in church and I could hear, hear my mother and dad's, my mother Elko singing it, my dad singing. My dad on the farm lost his thumb, cut it off. And he continued to work that day, but I, so just a stub there, I, I'd play with his thumb in church, thinking, man, I wish I had a thumb like that. I just, I love my dad so much. I just found out this week his boss at the old Chevrolet plant place, his boss, 98 years of age, is still alive. My dad would be 100 if he was alive. We'd go to church, that old 53 Chevy, and start itself up and just drive us right to church. I mean, we were there Sunday school, Sunday morning, Sunday night, Wednesday night. My wife was the same. Her dad pastored the same church 57 years. They lived right next door to the church. I I mean, you couldn't miss church. You had to go to church. I believe in the church. The Bible says Jesus gave us life for the church, if he gave us life for this, why are we so casual? Why, why are our churches canceling Sunday night? I can't comprehend it. Our nation is plunging deep into hell. And we're canceling Sunday night, and we're canceling Sunday school, and we cancel midweek Wednesday prayer meeting, and we're canceling soul winning, and we're stopping the buses, and then we wonder why. Then we wonder why we're transgendering people, little five-year-olds, and and mutilating their bodies. And then we wonder why we go to schools and teach all about uh, immorality and how to be safe with your immorality, how to have an abortion without your parents' permission. And again, all the public school teachers and superintendents that are here, uh, you know You know how much I admire you. They are going to the war zone. And I thank God they're willing to go. There's three right there in a row, three generations. And Brother Mark, uh, a board member, and what you do there in your stand, I know the news media doesn't like you, but I tell you what, as your pastor, I am honored to be your pastor. But America's falling apart. Why? The local church. Gotten casual with God's house. I can tell you for a fact, I grew up here. On Sunday, you didn't go shopping. Nothing was open. The grocery store was closed. You didn't go to the Flying A gas station or the Mobile gas station or the Shell, it's the only three we had. You didn't go to those gas stations because you could not get gasoline on Sunday. 
I know the Shell station was right on the corner around my house and it was closed every Sunday. We used to think Sunday is the Lord's day. It's a holy day, not a holiday. But we play, play, play. We do the God thing, get it out of the way. In fact, now churches are making it so great. I was in the city and they said, look, we don't want to interrupt your weekend. Sunday should be your day. So if you want to do Saturday night, we've got three different services Saturday night. I saw the next mega church, 15,000, and they said, we do Friday, Saturday, so you can get it out of the way. I saw the next one, about another 10,000, and, and they said, we do Thursday night, because if you get a long weekend, we don't want to interrupt so you can get God out of the way and go ahead. We had a church start around here and said, your kids will enjoy church here because we don't make a big issue out of God. Well, that's the church. Jesus gave his life for the church. And if we could just get back to the New Testament local church. Now, God's not always called it the church. I can recall in the book of Genesis, they called it an altar. And Abraham met at the altar, met God at the altar. And then they, the tabernacle that we see here today, when we get there in a moment, the tabernacle was next and the temple was next. And then the New Testament local church. And it's the New Testament local church. It ought to have a great love and respect and devotion in our lives. I don't know if I've ever quoted the name Billy Graham in this pulpit before, but Billy Graham, Billy Graham said many, many years ago, he said, I've preached all over the world. He said, I believe only 25% of church members are saved. We had a great evangelist here. He's still a preacher 40 years ago. And he said to me in private, he goes, I saw that quote too. And he said, I, I don't know. I've been tra traveling this country so long. I think maybe only 10% of Bible-believing Christians are really saved. I don't know if that's true or not. I'm just quoting two men that preached in churches all over this nation. The Bible says many will come into that day, that last day. Uh, have we not prophesied in thy name? Have we not cast out demons in thy name? You know, have we not run buses? Have we not gone to church? Have we not given money? But he'll say, depart from me. I never knew you. Are you saved? And you know it. I know I got saved a long time ago. And there have been a few times in my life I had doubts of my salvation. And I figured out that doubts are always created because of sin. And one of the sins I frequently have could be fear. It's not always some drug or drink or some other person. But, but I don't know, maybe your sin is the sin of loneliness and you're so wrapped up how lonely you are. That's a sin. Because he said, I'll never leave you nor forsake you. But I'm afraid that we're, we're, we're trying to get the, the unsaved people busy for God when many times, and I'm certainly not saying 10% of this church is only saved, nor 25, but I imagine there's some that are not saved. I think the church has lost her importance. God created a place, a house of God to meet him. Psalm 42 verse four says, I, I, I had gone with the multitude and I remembered my, 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 and I poured out my soul to God and I went to the house of God. He poured out his heart at the house of God. Hezekiah that we know about, our Sunday school lesson was there today, Isaiah 37 verses 1 14. He found out he was gonna die and he said, I went in my sorrow to the house of God. 
I've had people in these 48 years I've been here and say, I'm not going to come to church, Pastor, because I sinned so bad, I'm not worthy to be there. Well, join the crowd. None of the rest of us are either. When you think you're worthy enough to come to church, then that's nothing but the height of pride. My Bible speaks so often about getting to the house of God. Uh, we raised our children at the house of God. We're grateful they're all in full-time service. We're grateful that all our kids have their kids, 14 grandkids, all at the house of God this morning. I'm grateful my parents, they had my, my sister and my other sister who's with the Lord, uh, we had them all, they had us at the house of God. And all of our kids went to the house of God. I'm grateful I had grandparents, two of which I've never even met. They were passed away in 1938 and 1934. But I'm so grateful I had grandparents that went to the house of God. They didn't speak in English, they spoke in German. Both my grandfathers were lay preachers. They worked in the farm and they worked in the factory. And on Sunday they preached the gospel, the word of God. I'm glad I have a heritage of the house of God. And I desire that for you. You say, well, I'm the first generation Christian. Well, then begin a heritage. Bobby, I see you down there. I remember the day your son got saved. Brother Bill Langston led him to Christ. And you know, you came and, and, and soon your mother came and, 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 and your mother was saved and she's with the Lord Phyllis and you're saved in this church and your son and then your grandkids. You had four generations here. We had four generations here. And it happened so fast. Your scripture's here today. The Bible says the Lord spake unto Moses and under Aaron saying, every man of the children of Israel shall pitch by his own standard. You're going to see that standard has nothing to do with you comb your hair, you cut your hair, you wear a tie. That has, we, we talk about standards. A standard was like a flag. And, and so we have the American flag and we have the Christian flag. And you made for your, there are 12 tribes in this chapter. You're going to make a, a, a flag that is for your pedigree. And the Bible says, ye shall pitch your standard with an insignia, an insignia on the Father's house, far about the tabernacle of that congregation they shall pitch on the east side. And so I have a paper here today because you boys are going to help me here. And let's get three boys here. Hudson, why don't you and Ethan and why don't you Dom come on up here. You're the east side. Let's put you right over there. And you guys can stand one right after another there, side by side. Okay, one, two, three. Facing me right here. That's it. That's good. You know, let's put, let, let's, let, let's go over here. Dom, you there, because you two guys have the same color suit. Let's get this thing matching here. There we go. Don't they look good? All right. Are you all juniors in high school? How tall are you? I'm 6'5". Six 6'5". Five. Six five. All right. I'm 6'8". All right, good ball players. Let's, so we have the, the east side, and, and the Bible tells us on the east side, uh, 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 notice what it is here. Do you have the right one? It is. Okay, look what he says. Um, in Judah, verse number three, Judah shall pitch throughout the armies. Verse number five, and those that pitch next to him shall be the tribe of Issachar. Nathan, uh, Ethan, you're Issachar. 
And, and, then, um, and then verse number seven, and the tribe Zebulun. All right, let's go to the next side, the south side. And uh, three boys, you're right here, these three boys, okay? You come up here and help me. And you're on the south side. The scripture says as well, if you'll look at it there, the, the Bible says on the south, it's verse number 10, on the south side shall be the standard of the camp of Reuben. Sort of guys match these guys, that's sort of the idea, all right. See how that's just, yeah, there we go. Good, good, good. We've got a long year ahead of us in high school, don't we, kids? And then God says, you're going you're gonna to have, um, and you're going to have the, the, um, uh, the various tribes. You're going to have Simeon, verse number 12. You're going to have Gad. So you're Reuben, right there, and you're Simeon. There we go, and you're Gad. Foley boys, go out there, if you will, please. You can help me with the little project. Then let's go to the west side. This is going to make sense, I think. And if it doesn't, just act like it does. On the west side shall be the standard of the, uh, of the uh, Ephraim, according to their armies. And so uh, I'm a little bit out of order, but they're standard. And, and there's going to be Ephraim, Manasseh, and Benjamin. Verse 18, verse 20, and verse 22. Can I get, uh, Brother Luke, help me here. Can you get me three more men, if you will, here? Get me three more fellas, okay? It just, yeah, we go, Damien, come on here, Christian. And, uh, and uh, there we go. Uh, Mr. Simpson, let's go. Get them set up here, and I've got them on the west. You guys, uh, south, you come over here, and this is west over here. In the north, right in front of me. Look at verse number 25. In verse number 25, it says, and the standard or the flag of Dan shall be on the north side. Verse 27, and you're going to help me get three more right in front of the pulpit here. Shall be the tribe of Asher. And verse number 29, Naphtali. Now we have the tribes here, fellas, okay? You got me three more, brother? Boy, we're going to have a hard time for you too, is that right? All right, Jared, come on here. Come on here, Eric. You big sissy, how are you, brother? You're my neighbor. I'm going to play basketball. You're in the front of the pulpit here, okay, fellas? One, two, three. Now here I have the tribes. We have... Say it together so you can see the names. We have Judah, Issachar. Hey, Zeb, how you doing? All right, then you got your flag here. We've got Reuben, Simeon, and Gad. Now, isn't it amazing in Ephraim, Manasseh, and Benjamin? God says, this is how I want you to position yourself. East, west, north, and south. This is the way I want you to be. They're going to do this for 40 years. For 40 years, this is the way they're going to arrange themselves. For 40 years, nearly 2 million Jews. Now, these people without some guidance are going to mess up. They already did bad enough those 40 years. Well, a brother and sister, Aaron and Miriam, Moses' brother and sister, they say, hey, listen, we don't like what you're doing. And they had internal problems. Uh, what, what, what craziness. And then one tribe, they were supposed to be the ones that carried the furniture and the, and the tabernacle. Uh, they said, we don't like this job. You taught them that so well at staff orientation this week. The sons of Korah. And they said, we, you're, you're taking too much upon you, Moses. We, we want some power too. And God opened the earth and 250 renowned men died in that. These folks here just had nothing but problems. And then there was a guy that, uh, the doctrine of Balaam. 
And he brought that in. 40 years. And then the, the children of Israel themselves, all of them, they began to murmur. We don't like our breakfast. We get manna every day. We don't like it. We want quail. And so God gave them quail and the manna, and, and the quail was in the mouth. And they said, we don't like this either. You talk about a babysitting service. The church is not created as a daycare. It does say out front, Jack's Daycare. It says North Valley Baptist Church. But it's an interesting thing. These people, these tribes, these two million Jews, these 12 tribes needed something to keep them unified. Needed a place where they could, in the Old Testament time, confess their sins and get right with God. A place where they could also worship God Amen. and magnify God. If you, you, Foley boys, if you'll come uh, right here. And um, I'm sorry, we started off with good-looking guys, and it's been going downhill ever since, okay? <laughs> now, you boys on the west, you come here. Come on, fellas, let's have you go straighten it out thing here. One, go down that step. There you go. Oh, these guys are so smart. Uh, that's it right there. Okay, HUD, you take this thing here. This is brand new clean, all right? You take that. This is going to be uh, West Side. Come on over here for right now. And uh, we're going to get this thing out. We're going to make a tent out of this thing. Here we go. I know this looks like junior church to us. Pull this thing up, if you will. And can you, you know what a tent looks like, guys? Good. There it is. Now move it down a little bit, fellas, okay? Let's move you guys in front. There go. One's right there. Move them down in front. F-R-O-N-T. There we go. Good. You guys come alongside. You're in the back. Now, God never moved the tent like this. God gave everybody a job, how they were supposed to wrap it with the, 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 uh, the, the skins of animals, uh, the table of showbread, the altar, the mercy seat. And then they weren't supposed to touch it, but they were supposed to move it with staves, and that place, every time they moved, it was because they had trouble. God says, okay, let's start over again, you rebels. Now you're fighting with one another. Let's try again. But it's an interesting thing. Every tribe centered their lives around the house of God. And fellas, you did a good job. I'll let you be seated. You can just put that down there. Foley, Foley. I was going to walk you around, but we don't have any time or do what you want. Give them a big hand because they don't know what they're doing, all right? Thank you. Thanks, guys. Those Foley boys are really from our bus ministry. They're coming to first year of college. They're twins. They both sell cars now. One's a good car salesman. The other one's not that good. Which one's the good one? Yeah, <laughs> I knew they both would say that. Your, church, your home needs to revolve around the church. There's no option. We can revolve around, and so much in these last days, uh, as the book of uh, Exodus, Moses, the people rose up to play. It, life is not about play. Life is about responsibility. Life is about work. You have a responsibility. Mother and dad, get to the house of God. They ought to, your, your kids ought to be able to look in a casket as I looked at my parents and, and their caskets and said, thank God my dad and my mother 
it was always Sunday school, Sunday morning, Sunday night, Wednesday night, choir practice, deacons meeting. It was always God's house for their entire life. 90, 93 years from my dad, 91 years from my mother. The house of God. God's house. And they brought God's house into our house. My dad would be part of the record of the month club. He'd always get a record. I think they're like $2. The revival time singers and great, great songs and hymns. And he'd play that on our phonograph. And every night we had family Bible time. And my dad every Saturday night pulled out that Bank of America checkbook and that little blue book and wrote Calvary Baptist Church. And he put a tithe. And I watched my dad do that my entire life. Hey, I want to say, our lives revolved around the house of God. Amen. We're so careless. I've been saved a long time. My wife and I, we've been in church work together 51 years. I started church work before that when I was single, serving God. I want to tell you something about it. I've watched people get mad, not here, never one time here. I've watched people get mad at business meetings. I've watched, I, I've, I've watched people, you can see them, they're gossiping. Just, you know, man, you know, it used to be ladies. Now the big thing is men gossiping. You have got to be kidding me. Well, I read on the internet. Well, stop reading on the internet. I want you to know that these people realized the center of their life for all nearly two million Jews, all the people of God centered their life around the house of God, the tabernacle. We ought to do the same. But it's not the blood of bulls and goats that was in that day. It's the blood of Jesus Christ. He spilled his blood on my defense. A more superior sacrifice than blood of bulls and goats. Say, for for me, for me, for me, I I would travel on a Sunday afternoon. I'm not traveling on an air. All these years I've flown all over this country and the world preaching. I'm I'm not going to die in an airplane at 11 o'clock on Sunday morning. I'll be in church. I'm not going to die on a Sunday night. I've flown through the night on Sunday night after that. I'm not going to fly during church. I'm not going to miss Wednesday night and not be in church. I'm not going to miss, and I know we give online all that stuff nowadays. I, I don't know how to do that, so I just, so I like putting that on, for me, for me. I, I like it, it's okay, you can do it. But I put that envelope in. I never want to miss that. I don't want to sit here and analyze the singers. I want to receive the message. That the, I want to sing crown him with many. I want to sing all hail the power with you. I want to hear the choir. This could be the dawning. Good night. I led that song 50 years ago as a music man. I've heard it all my life. But I've never lost the wonder of it all. The tabernacle, where you say it's in the midst. Well, how about chapter 2, verse number 17. And the, and the tabernacle of the congregation shall set forward the camp of the Levites in the midst of the camp. 
That word mitched has always been in the Bible. But this year, not in this Bible, but a Bible I'm reading from at home. I've underlined every time it's in the midst. God comes in the midst of the water, in the midst of the midnight hour. I'm just shocked all the time in the midst. And here, he said, right smack dab of north, south, east, west, right smack in the middle is a tabernacle in the midst. Travel with the God's house in your heart. Several observations, and I'm out of time, so I'll just say them quickly. Observation one. When our church was young, everyone, only two people owned houses. We didn't own a house. But when our church was young, we all tried to rent houses in these neighborhoods. The goal was always trying to get as close as you can. Now, I know that's not possible. Some of you are coming from all over this region. Uh, if we had a, a, a party at your house, some folks that live near Sacramento, 100-something miles away, and some people that live out this way, they're another 100 miles the other way. You live 200, 250 miles away. From, I understand that. But if God has given you the, pre, the privilege to be near the tabernacle, get near. There's more safety I recall a man, very successful years ago, he said to me, Pastor, we finally got in the neighborhood. We actually bought a house, and it's such a, I still go by that house, but I go by all these houses where people used to live. And I, I go by that house, and I think, I, I remember when God gave them that. We had prayer of dedication that God gave that house. And a few years later, they are building a new house in, in an area only about six or seven miles from here. And he said, what do you think? I said, I don't think you've moved away from the house of God. You know, we've all had surveillance on one another. We have over 500 people living in these immediate neighborhoods here. And we've all been able to watch one and keep one another right. You don't walk by our house and hear me screaming. You walk by our house and you hear somebody screaming. <laughs> Ms. Trevor has never screamed one time. She never raised her voice. You don't go by our house and hear any screaming. You don't hear any plates breaking. Although maybe that's how I could get rid of all those cats and raccoons and skunks. They live at my place over here. But, but you, don't, you don't hear that. We, we walk around our neighborhood, drive around our neighborhood, and we see God's people. Have you ever noticed we come around dinner time? So that maybe if you're done with, hey, we've got leftovers. We'll just open the trunk and put the food out. But that, that, that's another subject. I said, don't, don't move far away. He goes, I'll be closer to work, but my kids will be further from church. I said, it's dangerous. A decade or two later, they're not even here. They're not at the house of God. They don't go to the house of God. They're out of church. I don't believe you try to get away from a place of security. Yeah. It, it, the further you get, and I understand how expensive it is here. We move out to buy houses, and I don't fault you for that. I, I, I'm not, I, I don't understand how hard it is. Uh, I, I, it's, got, it's difficult, I know. But for us, I'd rather rent a house, be by the house of God than have a palatial palace and not be able to come back to Sunday night church. 
and not be in a bus route. And not go soul winning. And not be able to join the choir because I can't make choir practice. And not be able to come and watch basketball, my grandkids or whatever, because I'm too far away. Please, I'm not trying to pick on anybody. I'm just trying to, the, 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 the tabernacle in the old chapter had a, a very influential place in their life. I believe if we become careless with the house of God, it always destroys the family. Secondly, I want you to know that the church is not perfect because it always is under attack. Paul said, after my departure shall grievous wolves come in among you, not sparing the flock. It will always have sin. It will always have gossip. It will always have envy. It will always have jealousy because it's made up of natural people with the old sin nature. Ah, I'm not going to that church. Well, you know what happened over there at that church. You know those, those sinners over there. The Bible says, also of your own self shall grievous wolves come in. The Bible also says in the book of Jude in verse number four, there are certain men crept in unawares. We've always had people creeping in with new theology. Don't believe in the rapture of the church. Yeah, you can come to church here, but you're not going to expose, 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 expose that doctrine here. We believe that the next event, God's going to spare us from his wrath, 1 Thessalonians chapter 5, and rapture us out of here. Yeah, don't be handing out your brochures around here about you don't believe in the rapture. Don't be handing out your videos you don't believe in the rapture. Don't be handing out your videos that, well, here's the, something that's more important on Sunday, this political agenda. No, sir, the church. Number, number three, the church is a holy place. My, my house shall be called a house of prayer. God gave us gifts, 1 Corinthians 12 and Ephesians chapter 4 and Romans chapter 12. Why? For the work of the ministry. God gifted you at salvation. The gift of teaching, the gift of giving, the gift of helps, the gift of serving, uh, the gift of preaching, the whatever pastoring, whatever it might be, God gave you. Number next, the church has always had great people. Do not come in my presence and criticize a church member. Not around here. These people are too valuable to me. I love the church. Are they all A plus at the same time? Never. Never. Are some backslidden? Yes, but I'm their shepherd. I'm their pastor. Are some worldly? Yes, but I'm their pastor. I'm not going to kick someone out of my life just because they don't dot the I, cross the T. I'm not talking about where you're bringing in false heresy. I'm talking about the fact you may not be all what you think you should be for God, but don't abandon the family. Don't abandon the house of God. Next, I think I'll close down here. The church has always had murmurs. They've always had people that do their own thing. Nehemiah left town. He built that wall back up for the Jews in 52 days. He left town in chapter 13. He comes back. He realized that they were selling on the Sabbath. And he looked at him, and here's the first statement he said, Ye have forsaken the house of God. Nehemiah 13. He said, We worked so hard to give you a house of God. 
and put security around the city of Jerusalem. And now I just leave for a short time and you've forsaken the house of God. One of these days, this old voice is going to be laid to rest and I'll be in a coffin down there. August the 20th, last week, 17 years ago, we moved into this building here. Young people, this was built for you. We have two gymnasiums. They were built for you. We have dormitories that were built for you. We have wood shops, metal shops, science shops, science labs, computer labs, media labs, radio labs. It was built for you because when we're off the scene, you're going to take over. Don't get rid of this pulpit. Now, the new pastor may want something different, but don't put little uh, little chairs, little couches up here when we sit and rap with you. And don't turn the choir lock into a dance band. Don't get rid of the choir. Don't get rid of the orchestra. Don't get rid of the lights and paint everything black in here, black ceiling and strobe lights. Don't get rid of those buses. Reaching boys and girls and moms and dads for Christ. Don't get rid of door-to-door soul winning. Don't get, uh, get rid of uh, biblical separation, both ecclesiastical and personal. This nation's only hope is this church. And churches just like this around this nation. God says, I want my house full. Well, you see, Pastor, we're full tonight. I know today, but what happens when we empty it? You change what's brought us here, you're going to empty this place. Have your life and your home revolve around the house of God. I could sing for you precious memories. Oh, growing up in that home, I have so many good memories. It's amazing how they sat around the church. Thank you for listening to the audio preaching podcast from North Valley Baptist Church in Santa Clara, California, led by Pastor Jack Treber. For more information about our ministry or to find out how to get in contact with us, visit our website at nvbc.org. May God bless you as you serve Him this week.